Right, hello everyone, and welcome to what is episode one of The Lap. Gus joined me for the first chapter of the series, and uh, there was definitely some early match nerves. You'll hear me say hello twice, you'll see, you'll hear Gus being unable to say the word inaugural, but hopefully you'll also hear that we grow into it, and by the end of it we'd had a really nice time. I hope you enjoy it, uh, it's only going to go up from here, I'll be learning how to edit better, uh, how to react silently is a very good one for a host which i'm yet to master but yeah hopefully this is some fun for all of us over the next however many weeks when we don't have any cricket so i hope you enjoy right hello and hello everyone and uh, welcome to the first ever episode of the lap our first guest today has played 213 games for spencer taking 370 wickets at 19.5 13 five-wicket hauls and has a best of eight for 14. It is, of course, Gus Grant. Welcome to the lap, Gus Grant. Well, it's an absolute honour and a pleasure to be the inaugural uh, guest on the lap. I hope I can uh, do it the honour it deserves. Lovely. Right, well, I think everyone knows you as the off-spinning captain of the club. Um, What led you to off-spin? Were you always an off-spinner? How did it come about? Um, I have done, much like you in many ways, uh, absolutely everything that it took to get a gig. Um, I think when I was, when I was younger, tw- sort of 12 years old, I was a medium pacer. When that failed, I tried to become an opening bat alongside you. We, which we both years. done very successfully. No, yeah, no. we did pretty successfully. I then tried to take the gloves, realised I was crap at that, realised I was rubbish at batting. And uh, after a bit of an injury, I decided, you know what, I'll try and buy some offies. Um, I, when I started buying offspin, about probably 16, they were so bad. But I was just throwing them up in the air and they did all right. So I got my confidence up and, uh, and here we are today. That was something I wanted to ask you about is that, that injury. Because we went out to Portugal with your dad's like, Sunday team. Was it St. Anne's All-Stars or the Cambashers or one of them? And you, what did you do again? You like dislocated your hip or you like tore your hip flexor. And from my understanding of it, then when you were cropped, basically, you just ripped offies to your dad whilst you couldn't move. And then you came out the other side of it, a pretty good bowler. Yeah, so before it, I, uh, I think I thought of myself as like a little bit of an Adam Gilchrist sort of opening batsman and wicketkeeper. I was, an, I was an okay keeper. I hadn't grown yet. So I wasn't, I wasn't too bad behind the stumps, but I used to open the batting for Spencer, uh, whatever age group that was, probably under 16s or 15s or something like that, with the heaviest bat in the entire world, the Puma Atomic, same as Gilchrist. Um, way too heavy for me to even pick up. I think I probably hit about two boundaries a season. And so that, yeah, I... I, I did everything possible to my hip when I stuck my foot into the ground and sort of turned and it didn't quite work. But um, I decided that I would, I would sack off the keeping. And yeah, I, was out, I wasn't able to play sport for about six months, which as a, whatever it was, probably 15, 16 years old, something around that. Um, for someone of that age, there is not that much else to do other than get active. So I just, yeah, I just used to, Whenever I, you know, I'd go to all the all the Spencer games and and stuff like that, and I would just bowl sort of off spin standing there, 
Um, and so I think that was a natural progression once I was able to get back involved. You had a fairly quick rise through the 11s. I think that's fair to say. You played for all four of them at the time. How did you find that journey kind of going through them? Was it, did the standard noticeably improve or was it kind of a natural progression? I think, I think my view always was that once you have made it to the second team, then you're kind of ready in a way to play for the first team. I thought that the change of pitches at the time that you play on, obviously at Spencer, we have a first and a second pitch. The ones and the twos play on field view, threes and fours play open view. My thought was if you can sort of get yourself over to field view, play a few good games, you're kind of ready to play in the first team. I don't know whether that, that was, that's something that you share or not, but no. I played a sort of a year or two in the fours and I've never, I've never been a sort of, you know, an incredible bowler who's going to rag it through the gate the whole time. You kind of rely on some people to take some catches. Yeah. So I, sort of, I, think I, I think I felt at that time and at, and at that time the, the pitch standards for, the, for our second pitch was, was way, way, way worse than it is now, which is pretty good now. Um, and so I actually felt that as I went up the teams, it got easier and easier to take wickets. Just um, and I, I still believe now, I still believe now, if I had to play a season in the fours, probably take fewer wickets and I wouldn't have won. You played in one of the games where Michael Carberry rocked up for us. What was, what's it like just being involved in games where you're playing with international cricketers? Like Carberry played for us and then four months later went off and faced Mitchell Johnson in the Ashes. What was it as experiencing that as an 18, 19 year old going to first team cricket and playing against international players? Having Michael Carberry in the team was an absolute disaster for me. Um, I'd, I'd quite recently got the call up to the ones. I hadn't been playing all that much. Uh, yeah, I must have been, yeah, probably 18, maybe 19. Um, and I played with him twice, I think. I think I played with him both times. And I fielded for 66 overs in one of them and did not bowl a ball. He bowled some pretty tidy offspin. He took nine wickets in the two games that he played in. He was a far superior bowler to me and I didn't even get on. And worse than that, um, fielding a mid-off with him at extra cover, the ball never even made it to me because he was that quick and that good. And I think that was, I think to be fair, that was one of the moments where you're like, international cricketers are actually pretty good. Um, and, and since then, I think I've played against quite a few pros in club cricket where you're like, are you even that good? Um, but certainly playing alongside Carberry was like, ah, right, okay, you're, you're really good. So we obviously had, with the pros you've played with at Spencer, there's like Tudor, Carberry, um, Colin Ingram was back here half long ago. I wanted to talk about um, Shaz, Shazab Hassan Khan, Shazab Khan. What was it like? playing with him because he just from we never got like everyone else in the club we never spoke to him he was just this kind of enigma that existed yeah I, I hear a lot of negative stuff said about Shazam and I think that if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna sit down and think well who's my ideal pro uh for Spencer it was not Shaz at all it really it really wasn't I always quite liked him. I found him quite funny. He was, he was the absolute perfect character to be a T20 cricketer. He, and, and, you know, he won the World, World T20 with Pakistan. I think he got a decent 40 in the final at Lords. Like, <laughs> it, when, when you're asking who's the best player I played with, 
I would, I'd have to say Carberry, but I only played a couple of games with him. I played a couple of seasons with Shaz, and I've, I remember feeling like a, like a fan. Like, obviously, I'm a number 11 bat, number 10 maybe, um, at the best of times. And he would come in at whatever it was, number four usually. And I remember all of us, whether we were on a lap or sat down, you'd have this sort of feeling, and you're like, Shaz is in. Something amazing is going to happen. And I, I remember the, the first time we saw him, we met him for the first time at the match. It was away at somewhere, maybe like Ashstead. And I remember he's just like blocked his first four balls. And they're like, I'm interested to see this guy. He's walked in with a Pakistan helmet on. He's won the T20 World Cup. Let's have a look at this bloke. And his fourth ball, he's just hit head high and just broken the, um, the sight screen at the other end. And f- throughout his time, even when he got to the back, the back end of things and, and he would hit the ball straight up in the air, more than more than he would actually score runs just the feeling of him being in knowing that something i mean the 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 wrist that guy had the hands he got through the ball he was he was amazing to watch when he got going and he did get going quite a few times for spencer but i do also remember that um at the annual burt ingram medal where you have to take a jaeger bomb for every duck you've got and i very kindly decided to take his duck jaeger bombs that between the two of us, I think it was eleven Jaeger bombs for the season, and that was so, a difficult evening. I had a look at I had a look at his um, profile. We'll go on it, and he um, he batted twenty nine t- times for Spencer, and he hit sixty six sixes. I remember Archie told me a story about when he was playing with him, and he was like, um, he was batting after Shaz, and um, he's had to quickly um, go and like pad up basically whoever's lost, whoever's got out. And um, Shaz is facing his first ball and he just hears massive shouts of like catch basically. And he kind of props his head up. He's like, oh God, am I in, am I out? Kind of waiting for the scream of like, yes, wicket's fallen or no, I'm all right to carry on and take my time. He said about three seconds passed and he went, oh, I'm fine, no dramas. And then he heard, yeah, come on. And he was just there going like, how high has that ball gone? In, in, term, in terms of, like, as a ball striker in club cricket, I've never seen anything like it. Like, he... I remember we, we played against a team. I can't remember who the team was. But they had this sort of 16-year-old left-arm spinner, um, maybe 17, sort of b- blonde, sort of floppy hair. He looked like your classic Surrey CAG pro. And he'd obvi- I think he, we'd looked at his stats and he'd had, like, a really good season uh, in the first team, breakthrough year in the first team, a couple of fifers, whatever. And this bloke just steps up and Shaz just decided he fancied him. And I think he hit him for seven or eight sixes in an innings. And he just used to take this massive step forward and then his wrist would just go through the ball, just in the, like the blink of an eye. And the ball just went absolutely mild. Um, but that being said, I'm being very, very um, nice about him. He got a lot of ducks and hit his first ball straight up in the air so many times that now as captain... I, 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 he actually got in touch with me, funnily enough. He got really? in touch with me. Um, in wanted my to come back? Or? First or second year captain saying he wanted to be uh, Spencer's pro. I think he was banned from match fixing at the time. So I don't think he ever <laughs> quite got the ground. But, but um, yeah, you, know, you, you probably wouldn't employ him as, a, as, the, as the model pro, but God was he entertaining. In fact, I've got, I, I remember one other thing is that he, he actually got called up to the Pakistan squad while he was playing for Spencer. I don't mean uh, he got called up to the Pakistan, whatever it was, 15-man squad or something. Um, I think it was just before the Champions Trophy, funnily enough, like the training squad before the Champions Trophy. 
and I remember that we sort of all said our goodbyes to him and that was it and that was going to be the end of probably end of Shaz at Spencer and it turned out in very sort of Shaz way that he missed his flight and we found out that he's and so there was this umming and owing of are we going to get Shaz on Saturday you know are we going to get Shazab yeah he hasn't scored run many runs for us recently but as you said, he's hit 66 sixties. Like that guy would win you a game when he got going. So everyone was quite excited. Bit of chat here and there. We found out on the Friday, like Shaz can't get another flight till Sunday. So he's going to play for us one more time. Um, and I remember he walked straight out to bat. Ball one. Whacked it straight up in the air. And he was out for, on the very, very first ball. And I, and I remember thinking to myself, like a, a year or two after, like these, these match-fixing allegations were for him playing in the Pakistan Super League and just whacking the ball up in the air first ball and I, I was trying to think like is that just him was he match fixing in the Surrey champ like I just don't know but um, one a really exciting character that is for sure so going from like the best players professionals down to the kind of village element of the game we briefly formed a breakaway cricket club called Fish Ponds oh here we go that obviously play obviously play where the Sharks, Spencer Sharks do now. And I've only remembered this two days ago when Ardham Rashid, our kind of co-founder, joined. But do you have any memories of what on earth we were trying to do? What the idea behind this new cricket club was? So I reckon we were like 15, 16. Yeah, I think we were... I think we were young and, and excited about the potential of... Um, I think it was. I think it was around the same time that we started to play in the academy and the development. And certainly at that time, I know we were all really excited about playing on some some really good pitches in coloured kit with orange balls and playing shorter games with free hits and X Y Z. You know, kind of just feeling like feeling like big dogs, even though we weren't basically. And I think that that the idea of us basically I, I don't think it was ever I don't think it was ever going to be instead of playing at Spencer I think it was very much no. an, an along, alongside it um, but I think that there are all these great things drafted about God like big money sponsorships and Man, I remember you had kits you with our names kits. and numbers on the back I made up the, the idea of the kits and um, probably like many of the business plans that I've had we had anyone's had at the age of 15 16 um, Never quite came about, but we—I mean, we've pretty much invented franchise cricket, didn't we? That was—that's basically why I wanted to bring it up, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember playing the game for them, dead playing for game four fish ponds at fish ponds, and a bowl. And this was bad. When you say when you say that, you mean the game, right? The, the only game. game. I think it was the only game. <laughs> and um, we um, for those who don't know fish ponds, haven't played there. There's a cemetery next door to it. I remember it was back when I bowled those like leg spin, and they were loopy. I remember bowling to this like old man as this kind of like 15 year old and he just was hitting me everywhere. I remember he just came down the track to me and he whacked me into the cemetery. Oh, bloody hell. He's walked down, tapped his bat at me and gone, they call that one the graveyard shot. And I was just like, fucking hell, mate. (laughs) Just getting bullied. I'll tell you what, I like that. So that was it. Episode one of The Lap, done and dusted. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you're all safe and well. Um, it was real. It was actually really fun recording this with Gus. It has been 
slightly stressful to try and get it together but hopefully it was worth 15 minutes of your Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday afternoon whenever you listen to it. We will be back next week and we'll hope to can get to oh, so close, so close. I hope we're back next week and I hope we're back for however many weeks afterwards. Stay safe guys and I hope you all have a good week. Thank you.